My name is Sarah. Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. And you are sitting with the most gorgeous co-host <laughs> you could possibly be sitting with. I'm kidding. Um, the mermaid herself. Why did you not go for a walk this morning? I don't know, man. Like, what was up with that? <laughs> and Joe was gone all weekend as well, and I was a hermit. I didn't leave the house. Like, didn't even unlock the door. Did you open a window? Mm, yeah, windows were open. It was oh, okay, so yeah. at least like you got some fresh air. Yeah. It wasn't like you were pulled <laughs> up in your yeah. in your home just not doing anything. So anyway, <laughs> Sarah, uh, yes. what are we talking about today? I think it would be valuable to talk about somatic therapy. And like, what does somatic work mean? Like, what are the benefits of it? It's something I have dove like headfirst into really deep over the past year. Um, And I also serve women in in the sisterhood with it. So, um, and I don't think we've talked about it here on the show. No, I don't think we have. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's dive in. You are listening to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah Funnell, your host fellow sister seeker, and author of Follow the Joy, the book on aligned manifestation. This show is your spot for spiritual and personal development. It's your soft landing into a place for you to embody your truth and reclaim your sovereign power. I've been a coach for more than a decade, helping thousands of people transform their lives. And I'll be sharing the most effective and profound tools to help you step into the most abundant, joyful, and fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so glad we found each other here today. My promise to you is that this show will support you to live from a fully embodied and aligned space so that you can reach your goals, share your gifts with the world, and step into a life that is truly your own. Take my hand, dear sister, and let's jump in. So, Sarah, I don't think you've ever talked about this on the podcast before, um, but somatic work and somatic therapy is a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you have some certifications. This is something you practice very regularly. What is it? Yeah. So uh, somatic, the word uh, soma comes from a Greek word meaning body. And so essentially somatic therapy is body-centered therapy. It's also been called somatic experiencing. And it's where we're looking to get out of the mind and into the body. And... I have really gravitated towards this uh, just with understanding the nervous system more, understanding the states that it can get stuck in, whether that's fight or flight in such a high um, upregulated state, or it can be stuck, it can be frozen, it can be depressed, uh, the nervous system can. And so when I started my healing journey in about 2019, really focused on the mind, I... uh, I had a therapist for the first time, Therapist Greg, we all know. Shout out to Therapist Greg. What an icon. Yeah. And therapy was, it was okay for me um, sitting and talking about things, but I never felt like there was a, and, and we do say, say this, all this all the time, that there's not some other side that you get to, but I had felt like there wasn't any type of release or there wasn't, um, nothing was getting better. I was learning a lot. I was learning about the ego. I was learning about um, the role between, you know, parent and child and having to break that. I was learning about um, my parents and how their influences uh, shaped me. So there was a lot of learning through talk therapy. 
um, but I never really found some type of relief from it. And so um, along that same time, I was learning um, and being guided with hypnosis and my partner, Joe, you know, really got into timeline therapy and really that mind aspect of healing. And I think they're all great. I think they're all fantastic and I think they all have their place. But if we aren't including the body within our healing, we're actually missing a really key piece, which is the nervous system, which is that release um, of trauma or re-regulating the nervous system uh, to find a, a really integrated pro- approach to healing. That's that's really true. I think that, you know, our mind holds like a mental record mm-hmm. of everything that happened to us. Um but our body also keeps a record too. Uh, if you haven't read The Body Keeps the Score, I highly recommend it. Um, and so what I hear you saying is that it is one thing to go into the mind and deal with it that way. And it's another thing to go through the body mm-hmm. and deal with any type of pain or trauma that is still stored in it as well. Yes, absolutely. And I think like both are needed it's, it's kind of like segregating healing to just the mind and then not focusing on the body. But if you also just focus on the body and you don't look at the mind as well, there's still that missing aspect. You mean there are parts to ourselves? There are there many are parts. <laughs> many parts. We are a mind and a body? Yeah. And I kind of look at it like uh, as myself coming from the fitness background and competing and, you know, if you want to present the best physique physically – Um, You know, there's training, there's nutrition, there's all these different things in order to shape the body uh, to get it to a place that you want to get it to. Um, And not one of them is better or more superior than the other. It's all needed to present that. And so the way I look at like healing, if we want to create wholeness within ourselves, if we want to release trauma, if we want to heal, if we want to show up as that um, best version of ourselves, we could say, then it's a really integrative approach of like many different things. So I know you, I mean, obviously fell in love with somatic therapy and you are certified in a bunch of different somatic therapies. What does your integrative practice sort of look like these days? And I know, I know practices change all the time. So snapshot in time. Definitely. Um, The one thing I love about somatic work is I really approach it like there's kind of this principle in yoga where like when you land on your yoga mat, like you're on your mat, you're with yourself, you let everything else go. And that's really how I see a somatic practice as well. It's a place for you to be with yourself. Um, Nothing needs your attention. There's nothing that you really need to think about or a problem to solve or anything that needs to be analyzed. You're just there with yourself. And so a, a somatic practice can involve many different things. I mean, we could even say going for a walk or going to work out is a somatic practice because essentially you're moving and doing stuff with the body. But when it comes to the healing perspective, we can use different practices like grounding. We can do anything that has to do with uh, our senses, which is very somatic. So smelling things, touching things, what are we hearing? What are we seeing? And it's really becoming present with the body. And so when I do a practice, I usually like to start with a grounding where I begin my awareness within my mind, eyes closed, and then slowly bring that awareness down out from the mind into the body, having awareness on the throat, having awareness in the heart space, and just bringing that awareness down um, to a grounded place within the body. 
from there, um, there's many different, we can call them exercises, kind of like building a workout, right? You build a somatic practice. There could be um, even just some light touches on your skin. What does that feel like to touch your skin? And we're not talking from a sexual perspective, but to really connect with the body. So often we're stuck in the mind. Or analyze. Guilty. I spend so much time uh, in my head. Like I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm working on stuff. I'm trying to be a creative person. And it really does foster a disconnect. I mean, you can't, I don't think, personal opinion, I don't think you can sit in a chair for as many hours as I do without being disconnected from your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially if someone has been through trauma as well. And something my, I was seeing an energy healer for many years, something she always said to me every time I was in her room, she was like, you are like over here. And she's pointing like outside of my body. And so those of us who have been through things, um, whether it was like big T trauma or smaller T traumas, we usually become disconnected from the body. And because there was a time in our life where something happened that was so terrifying that we did not feel safe within our body, our energy literally jumped up and out of it. And so if our awareness is up in our mind, out of our body, if maybe energetically we are not even embodied and we're somewhere outside of ourselves, there's such a disconnection. And so even just, you know, anybody who's listening here, if it's safe for you to do so, even if you just take your arms and just wrap them around yourself like you're giving yourself like a big hug, just giving yourself a big hug and you can close your eyes here. And just start moving your fingers and your thumbs and just take note of what you feel. Do you feel the skin beneath your fingers or do you feel your clothes? What's the texture that you're feeling? Is there a temperature that you're feeling? And when we become really present with ourselves like this, this is when we actually bring comfort back to the body. And even a hug like that with yourself can be so comforting. And what this does is it eases the nervous system. As someone myself who has anxiety, um, who also has episodes of depression, my nervous system has been so dysregulated over the years. And Greer, you helped me write my book. If anybody's read my book, like you'll know about all those different incidents. And so for me... Uh, somatic work has been that practice to heal the nervous system, to bring the nervous system back to a state where it, it doesn't get anxious or it doesn't get so burnt out that it depresses itself, brings down energy, brings up all those negative thoughts um, and can put us in a really like awkward space. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that like the depression of the nervous system is sort of a forced way your body is trying to bring your energy back into itself? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And, you know, being diagnosed with bipolar now for 16, 17 years and going through a wide range of things to help myself from like fitness and nutrition and um, therapy and, and trauma work and all this growth work and all the stuff we talk about here. I find myself in spaces of like analyzing, like, what is it? Is it that I overload my nervous system and then it just like, it's like, I'm done and it just gives out? Is it that I've been in a role or doing something that I don't want to do, but I'm doing it and it's a way for my body to be like, no, like we're not doing this anymore and we're just going to decompress down. 
Um, it could also be a safety mechanism as well if I'm stressed. And so depression from a nervous system perspective, um, the vagus nerve is the main nerve that runs through our entire body. It comes out of the brainstem and it is what allows me to move my hands up in the air. Um, the vagus nerves allows you to speak. The vagus nerve controls your digestion, your breathing, absolutely everything that makes your body like move and have a process. And some of this is unconscious, like breathing. I don't need to consciously remind myself to take a breath in and breath out. Unless you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> or your heart beating, right? Um, and so some of these processes are, are great. We want them to be unconscious so that we don't have to think about, okay, my heart needs to beat now. It needs to beat now. It needs to be, we, we wouldn't have capacity for anything else. Then there's also the conscious movements that we can do, like talking and, and moving. But this vagus nerve has many branches off of it. And so there is the um, sympathetic side of it, which a lot of people know, which is fight or flight. It's when we're like revved up. There's um, blood and energy rushed to the muscles if we need to fight something or if we need to run away. There's also the parasympathetic side of things, which is what a lot of people know as rest and digest. So this is when your body is healing, recovering, we're processing things. Then there's also the ventral side of the vagus nerve. And this is more for like social interactions. So when you feel like right now, great, like I'm sitting here with you, like we're having a great time. We've had a lot of laughs before we hit record. Like I'm talking very social. So I'm in a very like ventral state within my nervous system right now. Then there's also the dorsal um, side of the vagus nerve. And this is the um, depressed nervous system. So you want to go into a dorsal state when you're about to go to sleep. Um, the dorsal state also gets kicked in if from um, uh, a nervous system reaction state, you can do fight or flight, you can do freeze, you can do fawn. Um, I think there's another one that's just not coming to my mind right now. But when the nervous system freezes, which if you've read my book, you'll know that freeze is a very natural response for me in some traumatic situations I've been in freeze is that dorsal side of the nervous system kicking in where you literally feel almost paralyzed you freeze in my book I shared that story of watching someone who was in our in our friend group be stabbed at a nightclub and I all I could do was just stand there oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it all I could do was just stand there and I, I couldn't hear anything um, my boyfriend was trying to talk to me and I like I saw the, his mouth moving, but like I couldn't even hear him. And so when the body goes into freeze, it shuts down different things. And actually, uh, it's a survival response. So if a gazelle is grabbed by a cheetah, it will go into a freeze response where the cheetah actually thinks that the gazelle is dead. And most animals enjoy eating their prey when they're still alive. And so in many cases, the gazelle can save itself by going into freeze where the body will shut down as many processes as it can. Even it'll slow the heartbeat right down to where it's so faint that that cheetah doesn't even think it's alive. It'll let go of it. And then a couple of seconds later, the gazelle jumps back up and it can run off. So back to your question, when it comes to my depressive states that I've been through, I really think it's a trauma response of my freeze kicking in when I have been overwhelmed or something has gone array within my life, um, things that I just cannot process with the mind or handle at the time. That's 
that's one of my theories <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Um, I mean, I like what you said at the beginning where you're like, we can analyze things oh, to death. Of and maybe it's the case that we don't actually know why this happened and we don't have to know why it happened mm -hmm. in order to heal something or to improve the situation. 100%. I love what you just said there because the thing about somatic work, unlike um, some forms of NLP and especially with talk therapy, you don't need to go back into any events. And even if we're talking about maybe you're just stressed out and there's like a lot happening right now and you know, there's a lot of decisions you need to make or something's happening, you know, financially or with your family, like our work, like all these things that most of us bump up against within a year, some type of um, stress that we need to deal with, if not every week. <laughs> Hello, business owners. Um, but when it comes to like talk therapy or analyzing why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, sometimes it can really perpetuate the situation. I would also say that, and this is not to, you know, dis talk therapy Absolutely. or any I'm still in therapy mm -hmm. you know I I think it's hugely beneficial but I know that I have used it I've used analysis I've used logic to sort of take something that happened to me and make it go over there mm -hmm. like I've logicked a space away from it and that doesn't necessarily mean I've healed it just means I've put it somewhere else right there's like a disassociation yeah yeah Whereas somatic work, all we're looking to do is come out of the mind and into the body and allow the nervous system to feel safe. Because at the end of the day, healing from trauma or allowing yourself to get to the other side of a really stressful situation is to make the body feel safe, mm -hmm. is to get yourself to that ventral or parasympathetic state of the nervous system, to not be in sympathetic and so revved up or to not be in the dorsal when we actually need to function in our everyday lives. So, I mean, you kind of sort of worked us through a bit of a starting place for people, like what they can do if they want to begin mm. somatic therapy. This isn't something that you, you need a bunch of accolades in order to do, right? Yeah. So if you wanted to tips, tricks, small practices, what actually qualifies as somatic therapy? Yeah. Um, again, kind of like what I said at the beginning, Anything that has to do with just movements within the body. So something that's even um, very calming to the body as well is just to sit with some light music on, you know, look up YouTube, type in meditative music or positive music. Like you'll find some feeling frequencies, spa music, something like that. Um, music can be very a very somatic thing as well because you feel those vibrations on you. Even just lightly swaying and moving your body to that music in whatever way feels good for you. Um, and usually you're looking at really light, gentle movements. Um, stretching can be great for somatic work. And again, the goal here is just to be in your body, to create a safe space for you to move and go with what feels good and comforting. We're not looking from a workout perspective, like here's the goal and we need to do this. And it's very like systematized. And so when I, um, every Thursday morning, I host a practice with the Aligned Sisterhood and we take about 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes, um, depending on what we're doing. And we always start with a grounding practice just getting present on the floor where you're sitting or whatever, or laying down is what we're usually doing. And we focus on the breath first off, like just, you know, closing your eyes and coming into the rhythm of your breath 
you know, this is practiced a lot in meditation. And what that really does is it kind of disconnects you from the mind. Same thing with somatic work. We want to disconnect ourselves from the mind, come into the body, notice the rhythm of the breath. And then from there, we can do some grounding practices. Sometimes we do some some touch. Sometimes we actually work with the vagus nerve with some manual um, um some manual touches and some manual, I call them like pin and stretches in different areas of the body that actually uh, restores the vagus nerve back to a good homeostasis, I'll say, like a nice regulation of it. Um, There's uh, things we can do with that. There's movements of the eyes that really help with the vagus nerve regulation. Um, Shaking, tapping, all great. Um, for somatic work. So again, there's many different exercises. It's kind of like saying, okay, sir, I want to build muscle. What does that consist of? What do I have to do? Do I I squat? Do I deadlift? Do I run on a treadmill? Tell me. Exactly. So there's various different exercises, but they're all going to encompass um, hearing, uh, touching, tasting, smelling, things to do with our physical senses that bring us that are attached to our body. That's the body work. I love that you sort of highlighted the breath because I know if you are chained to your desk, you can still follow your breath all the way in, all the way down through your abdomen and just feel what that feels like to inhale and exhale, which is something that we really don't do because it is so automatic. So taking your awareness, putting it into the breath can sort of bring you back to your body it's really fast. It's really simple. You do not actually have to leave your desk if you can't. So that's sort of one that I partake in pretty frequently. The breath is so powerful. Any type of breath work is considered somatic work. Um, I was working with one of our sisters in the sisterhood who was struggling with uh, social anxiety, didn't enjoy gatherings of people who she didn't know well, you know, the small talk, the I don't know. Does anybody enjoy that? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can relate to that. Maybe my partner. partner. He just loves people, makes friends everywhere. Um, but it's someone I can relate as well, where in social situations where I'm going to meet people who I don't have a common ground with, it can bring up this, what am I going to talk about? What are they going to think about me? And all this stuff we get in the head again, right? With all yeah. the stories and all the yeah. thoughts. And so I was talking to her about this and just having her explain like how she felt and what were some of the thoughts that were going through her mind and when it comes to social anxiety we're very out of body and we're in the mind and we're usually not present in conversation and it's just a story that's going through whether we're trying to think about what we're going to say or wondering if someone's looking at us or all the things right and one of the things I said to her was you can use your breath in these situations So whether it's you're about to go out into a social gathering where you're feeling some anxiety, um, do a breathwork practice before you go out. Um, If you're there and you're with people and you're feeling that anxiety come over, excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and just sit there on the toilet and do some some deep, yeah, take a pause. I've done that so many times. I think I even told you after my last Simply Aligned event, it was, uh, it was a whole day and I facilitated a lot of different things and it was the launch of my book and I had felt kind of um, disassociated by the end of the day and we were all out for dinner because we were yeah. celebrating and I had a cake that was in the shape of my book. But before we, I think I placed my order and then I excused myself to the bathroom and I just sat there in the stall and... Oh my God, you did. I did. I didn't even realize. I did. Yeah, I just sat there. Just did some deep breathing, just closed my eyes. 
And even like when you're in those moments, yes, connect with the breath. And then, you know, maybe wiggle your toes a little bit. So that awareness is like out of the mind, it's into the body. You know, what does it feel like to sit on the surface beneath you? Feeling that contact of your seat, chair, toilet, whatever. We don't judge. Yeah. And especially with the breath, you can't not regulate your nervous system by intentionally breathing. And usually when we are anxious or especially if we're scared, what happens? We either hold our breath or we start breathing very rapidly. When we start breathing rapidly or hold our breath, it dysregulates our heart rate and then it just sends the nervous system into a tailspin. So when we can focus on the breath and regulate ourselves that way, then we actually have control over our experience. You'll bring anxiety down, you'll come out of the mind and it doesn't have to take long, like it's just a couple of minutes. And I love what you said because one of my initial, um, I guess, hesitations about doing somatic work or even just taking like one slow intentional breath was what is this going to change? Like this isn't going to solve any of the problems I have. This isn't, isn't going to change the outward situation that I'm experiencing. But I realized that, okay, no, it's not going to physically put me somewhere else, but it is going to allow me to be able to deal with it in a better way. And so shifting my entire experience of whatever it is I'm going through. And especially if we are stressed, let's say we're in that sympathetic state, stressed out, anxiety, like nervous systems jacked up, your brain actually doesn't work properly. And so your ability to solve the problem at play or come up with a way out of your problem is going to be very hindered. And so the way I look at this work is how do I help regulate myself so a better version or the best version of myself can show up in this situation that's stressing me out? Because when we're stressed, we usually just go into a, like a self-preservation state yeah. and we're not thinking properly. That critical thinking can go out the window. And so, yes, the one breath doesn't change your problems, but it can put you in a better state to come up with solutions to your problems or not feel like crap and anxious and just stressed out through the situation because problems are never going to go away. Like, hello, I wish. Like, does anybody have that figured out? Because like, I'll sign up for that. Right. Yeah. And so things are going to happen in our careers. Things are going to happen in our relationships. Health issues might pop up. And so it's not the problem. It's who's the person, what version of you is showing up to deal with that problem. And yeah. And that's where I find somatic work really helps. So if we haven't sold you on somatic work already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, it can just start with like that one slow breath. It can start with just sitting by yourself and feeling the ground beneath you, whatever that is. It can be walking out in nature and like, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Like, are you on your phone in this nature walk or are you actually present with yourself? Yeah, um, there's a really great practice and it's sort of like, okay, I'll just touch base with all the five senses. Mm. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you taste? What are you touching? Whatever that fifth one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you, because you will start to feel the positive effects of this, especially if it's like a practice, like what we do on Thursday mornings where we're spending, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes together and you have that space for yourself. Um, it reminds me of, I've done a lot of yoga. I've never been consistent with yoga though. There's been like pockets of like 
moments in my life. But whenever it's been a long period of time and I've been away from the yoga mat, when I finally do a practice, I have this moment with myself of like, oh my God, like why did I let this go so long? Like I so needed this. And I feel a somatic practice is the same because it brings you back inward to yourself, into your body. It calms you down. It gives you, um, at least for myself, it really gives me a release. Like it feels like my whole body just kind of like, ah, okay, we can, we're safe here. We can be calm here. We don't need to be solving problems here. We don't need to be in the mind here. The body can relax. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your knowledge of somatic therapy. If anyone listening wants to know sort of what the next steps are or where they can go to learn more. Yeah. Um, If you're interested in just general information, obviously, like I'm going to plug like Google here or YouTube, like if you just want to like learn about it. Um, If you want to be part of a community of women and a weekly practice, we have our Aligned Sisterhood every Thursday morning. We do somatic work. Um, Greer is a part of the sisterhood with me. And I just, I just freaking love this group of women. You know, there's curriculum to help us awaken and grow and just learn so much more about ourselves of how we can harness our awesomeness. So we show up and create the best life possible. And then we also do practices every Thursday, like our somatic work where, um, we practice on feeling safe within our body and regulating our nervous system so that better version of ourselves can show up. And so, um, I'll leave a link in the show notes here below Uh, If anybody has experience with somatic work or you want to share anything with us, if, you know, um, if there's a clip of this on Instagram, which there might be, you can comment there. I'm probably promoting this through our email list or, you know, send me a DM or a message. Like, I'd love to hear about your experience too, because um, what I've seen from a lot of women who, when they really start the somatic work, they're like, oh, like I just never realized like how great such a, like a gentle practice can be and like, so how healing that can be and how such like a, a reprieve from the anxiety of the mind yeah the busyness that goes on there yes yes yeah so wonderful thank you for joining me thank you for listening yeah we'll see you on the next episode